Hi, friends. Welcome back to Our View Podcast. Today, we have lots of exciting stuff to talk to you about on our continuation of our cross-country RV trip and all about our favorite place, Moab, Utah. We're going to talk about RV parks. We're going to talk about tour guides. We're going to talk about national parks, trails, and even some trail etiquette if you're a jeeper. So stay tuned. Welcome to Our View Podcast, where we talk about life, travel, and real estate. Join George and Lisa Hernandez each week as they share insights and parenting tips about their life as a blended family with four teens, their crazy travel and adventures, and get Lisa's pro input about real estate as she juggles it all while still managing her top producing real estate brokerage, View Properties. Hi, welcome back to Our View Podcast. I'm Lisa Richard Hernandez. And I'm George Hernandez. And today we are going to talk to you about our favorite stop on our cross-country trip, which we both agreed was Moab, Utah. And we're so excited to tell you so many things about this um, podcast today and hopefully give you lots of good information. Also, if you are planning a trip there or um, have been there and are planning a trip back. The first thing I have to say is if you are planning to go to Moab in the spring or the fall, plan ahead. We did not have a lot of time to plan ahead, unfortunately, and had a difficult time getting a place to stay for as long as we wanted to be in Moab. So the very first place that we ended up getting a spot was at uh, OK. OKRV Park. Yeah. Tell us tell us a little bit more about the park, George. You've got your notes right there. It's OK. OKRV Park is uh, it's a small resort, but they do have a lot to offer. They offer RV rentals. They offer RV sites, deluxe tents, teepees, yes, teepees, and basic cabins. Um, we had the chance to walk around the resort, and it was actually really cool for such a small place. They've done a lot with it. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a resort. I would say it's definitely a campground because there's everything from tents to RVs. And while we were there, we didn't even have hookups. Um, we got a, a couple of the last few um, boondocking spots for us to just sort of pull in for a couple of nights. And it was, it was perfectly fine. There was a dump station there, but, uh, and we weren't, I don't, I don't believe they wanted us to run our generators at night. So we didn't no, do they that. Did, yeah. They did have quiet time. So you just got to make sure that you're all charged up before quiet time. But we have a 40 foot RV as most of you know, and we fit in there perfectly. Um, it was quite accommodating and they have five of those boondock spots. Yeah, so we, we pulled in kind of late in the evening on that night, and we knew we were going to be um, on a Jeep tour the next day, so um, we didn't really spend a lot of time there. And it wasn't really boiling hot either, so um, not having the 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 generator on at night was was perfectly fine with the windows open. It yeah, it was, no big, it was actually beautiful to sleep with the windows open. I'm not sure open. if in the middle of July at 100 degrees, that would be your ideal place. Yes, But there are not. full hookups there. We just didn't reserve in time to get anything good. Yeah, so the RV sites... Uh, the regular ones include full hookups, water sewer, 30 or 50 amp, free Wi-Fi, and cable. Um, and they have very nice clean bathrooms with showers and also a uh, coin-operated laundry. The teepees I thought was pretty cool. They have four of them. They can sleep up to four guests in each teepee. And they include a private outdoor space. So the teepees kind of surrounded by a, kind of a, like a fence, remember? And it's really cool. They have a... Um, it includes the... Uh, private outdoor space with patio, a free uh, fire pit, a gas grill, 
and an outdoor sink. So you can do all your kicking, uh, cooking and cleaning outdoors. Yeah, so there's a bunch of different kinds of units that were there. There was a Jeep club that was there that we met some people, and they did not have an RV. Some of their friends had RVs, some were in tents, and then they were renting like the main cabin, and it even had like a little fenced-in backyard and a kitchen in it, and so that was kind of like their whole group met up there. So if you've got a group that's kind of a mix like that, that's like a really good option to consider. Um, If some people may or may not have an RV, but you want to meet up there to go ATV riding or jeeping or something like that. So. But if you're thinking of renting something like that, that's the only one they have in the resort. And from what our friends were saying, you, you really need to book that well in advance. So make yeah, sure you get like it. the cabin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They also have uh, some basic cabins. So if you have another couple and you just want to rent two little cabins, they, they've got four of those available. They can sleep up to three people. They have AC and heat. Um, they provide all the linens, a nice little mini fridge. I mean, it's a really, really well-run resort. The um, the little area outside of the office was really cool. They had like a community fire pit and they do well, all kinds. Because of COVID, a lot of yeah. things weren't really going on. So it's kind of hard to say what it would be like if it wasn't I know, COVID. but we, we looked at their calendar and like they typically have all kinds of events they had uh they have indoor roller skating yeah indoor, indoor roller skating that they set up somehow yeah so we only spent two nights there boondocking at okay and then we got into so okay is on the what the one end of moab which is i guess is that the the, 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 I know, the we, southern end yeah right? we're, we're so kind the of turned the south side of the city and then the north side um near arches national park was where we ended up staying at Portal RV. And we got lucky. We got six nights there. We started with four, didn't we? Yeah. And somebody canceled. So we had put our name on a list. And they called and said, do you want these extra days? We're like, yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And I probably could have convinced George to stay for like another three months or so at Portal RV, as a matter of fact. Absolutely. Utah was my favorite part of this whole trip. And I just, it, it is an outdoor... Uh, adult outdoor disney i guess that yeah sense? like if you're really like i'm gonna be honest i said on this cross-country trip i've had to eat crow so many times and oh yes and basically things that i said i would never do or couldn't understand what anybody liked to do i just fell in love with and one of them is 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 riding in the jeep and going on the trails and i i fought george for almost two years on getting our jeep and now i love it and we just had i think it just made our trip that much more fun to be able to go to places that you really would never get to see um, in a regular car or a regular vehicle and just so much beautiful stuff there. And then the other thing that I said, I could never understand why people did was hike. It's like, why would people just for no reason go walk up a mountain? And I mean, there were so many beautiful places and I literally felt when we were in Moab, like we were on a different planet. I mean, I'd never seen any kind of landscape and the change in landscape like that. It was just so cool. Yeah, they ha- they have three or four national parks that surround Moab, and each one was different. Yeah. Arches was obviously the arches, um, uh, which were I was totally surprised that there are, I think, over 2,000 documented arches in that park. Well, yeah, and it's, it's like all this like desert sand landscape that looks like you're somewhere from like star wars or mars something. yeah mars 
and then Canyonlands is, is is National Park is kind of on the other side of Moab, and it's like mini Grand Canyon, mini Grand, I guess mini Grand Canyon if you call it mini, but it's still gigantic. Yeah, and then you have the Green River and the Cal- Colorado River that run through that whole area as well. That's just um, just really really cool. So we did a an all day um, kayaking tour. That was awesome too. Yep. That yep. one was uh, a lot more work than uh, our previous kayak <laughs> experience. Right, yes, that's true. Let's talk about that for just a minute. Um, we we booked a, well, we had already booked a all-day excursion um, doing kayaking when we were in the Redwood Forest area. And we loved that, and we enjoyed it so much. And it was just George and I in kayaks and our guide, and we got a tour through the Redwood Forest so we we're like, let's do that again on the Colorado River in Moab. This is going to be amazing. And so we did. So we each got our little kayaks. In hindsight, I probably would have chosen to go on the whitewater raft, like with the rest yes, of the people. Yes. Because it was, it, it, it's because it was the end of the summer and there was no current and the water was really, really low and the wind was blowing in the opposite direction. We actually ended up doing a lot of hard paddling. Um, we definitely eight, eight, got eight hours on. We the got water. our workout for eight hours. That's yes. for sure. Yeah, yeah. And the people that did the whitewater rafting kind of had more of a relaxed ride. Like even the the guy that was in their 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 whitewater raft basically controlled the whole raft. And the, yeah, he did all the work. He because there was no rapids really. It was very 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 low rapids, but. We also, while we were on that trip, and what was the name of the tour company that we did? Because they did a great job with that tour. I'll put it in the show notes. So the tour company did a great job. Uh, they took us in a bus out to the... Um, Green River. Out to the Green... No, it was the Colorado River. You're right, Colorado River. They took us in a bus ride out to the Colorado River, and um, they were very COVID-friendly. Everyone had their masks on and everything, but... Um, they kind of divided us up between the whitewater raft people and the individual kayak people. And um, then we had a lunch along the way, um, halfway after part of the group left, the morning group left. And then we stopped and we had our um, lunch, which was nice. It was like sandwiches and chips and cookies yeah, and very nice and some water. And then, and then went on for the other half of our day. They were talking about the, the trips that this this company does that are like three to five to seven day overnight camping trips that they do whitewater rafting. And as we were going along um, through the course of the day, we would see these other people like that were camping on the side of the river and it just looked really, really cool. And they said in the springtime when the rapids are stronger, you know, you're whitewater rafting all day and then they set everything up for you. I'm like, okay, that's my kind of camping. I think I could totally do this where they set your tent up and they make your food and everything and you're just like really enjoying the beauty and the nature. So that's kind of on my bucket list for next time we go back. I want to try that out. Yeah, I would definitely do that, especially if they set it up and break it down. Yeah, yeah. I'm all in. Yep. All right, so let's go back to Portal RV Resort, which is, that one is truly a resort. Portal is definitely a resort. I would say that OK was definitely a campground. Yes, um, a, resort, a very nice campground. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, a resort to me is, you know, one of these places that has more nice pool. Kind yeah, of, they have 
a clubhouse. They have uh, workout facilities. Bigger, bigger um, facilities, bigger uh, nice accessories, like, I guess. Like, you know, cement parking slabs, you know, not, you know, it, it was nice there. Yeah. So Portal is, is kind of divided into two sections. One that people own and then they, they're also in the rental pool. And then the other part is only for rentals. And um, we couldn't get into the part that was by the owners, um, which is the more fancier part, I guess, for a lack of any better term, um, because they were all booked up. But they have lots there that have casitas on them. Um, anything from like, uh, you know, just a, a one story little storage thing to these literally like almost 3000 square foot, almost like a home where you park your RV next to that are just yeah. gorgeous. I wouldn't say almost like a home. It's a home. It's a three-story home. It's a three-story home with an RV parking pad. Yeah, they, built and I it. will say they did a fantastic job with the design. Yes. Because you when you rent those sites, you get a three-story home. I think it's close to 3,000 square foot house and a big space for your RV. So you can park your RV right next to the house. And vehicles. Yeah, so if you plan on going with, if it were, if your family is a huge family, that's the place to go. I mean, you have a house, you can still use your RV. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it was beautiful. They're definitely more expensive. Um, we actually looked into purchasing while we were there. We own we own our lot in Hilton Head Island Motor Coach Resort, and we really love that. And we said, oh, we should buy another lot you know, on the West Coast, West Coast, so we can have you know kind of best of both worlds, and uh, so we shopped a little bit while we were there. The ones with the casitas, the none of them were for sale. The most recent sale prices were around nine hundred and fifty thousand, which is a little more than we wanted to pay for well, that, a V spot. But that's that's I know you say casita, but it's that's with the one house. with the house right. and the and the lot. The right. one I think what was the that one lot that um, had the little there was garage. A, just a, um, I don't know what that one sold for, but just a plain parking pad, basically, uh, probably sixty by forty, was about two hundred and twenty thousand. Was their lowest priced one available? Yeah, and if you take all things considered, that's actually not bad because there's nothing there as far as RV resorts. So if you can pick up a lot for two hundred thousand, I think that's a great deal. Where Hilton Head, there's a lot of competition, and you know the the prices are. Well, we Comparable. have like over 400 lots, but they're still selling so much. Yeah. Um, and, and they're developing. Moab, Moab is the like number one ATV like destination in the world, really. People go there for the trails to, to ride their Jeeps and to ride their RZRs and, and dirt bikes and biking and hiking. Um, Mountain climbing, skydiving, you name it. If it's outdoorsy, it's happening there. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So Portal had a, um, a nice pool, and it was located, um, I think it's the north side of, of town, right. which would be, it's about just five minutes from the entrance to Arches National Park. And when we say north to south, as far as Moab, from north to south is probably 10, 15 minute drive. Yeah. Yes. So from one end to the other, it's 10 to 15 minutes. It's a beautiful little town. Um, Main Street was gorgeous it's, so, it's, it's just so like such a cool place it's got it's like a, a little quaint little town i guess is what i would call it and there's like a bunch of different little locally owned restaurants and breweries and um a bunch of little you know tourist shops and um and of course everything is jeeps and four by fours and rzrs and dirt bikes that so if that's not your thing 
then that's not your thing. But if you're into Jeeps and you're listening to us because you're into Jeeps or RVing, we found the spot. Don't tell anybody. Yes. It was so cute when we were at Portal. There was um, a couple. They were retired in their 60s. And um, they were actually selling their lot at the portal and buying a house in Moab. And she said, and they had um, a really nice RZR. And they, she said they ride trails six days a week and they haven't been to the same place twice. You know, it's just. Yeah. So I, I did a little research just so we touch on what Lisa was saying about this couple who's been on trails for months, years. And there are. 1,582 total miles of off-road trails, which I thought was unbelievable. Um, there's 113 trailheads, six OHV areas, 73 campgrounds in those areas, 1,582 miles of off-road trails. That's not highway, that's off-road. Yeah, there's there's... Uh, there's a ton of trails and all different kinds of ratings and rankings for them. Um, many of them have uh, special minimal requirements that you need to have on your vehicles to go. And uh, once we got to Moab, we, I'm not going to lie, we were a little intimidated by the idea of trying out some of these trails on our own. So I want to say that probably one of the best things that we did the first day is we hired a guide from um, Outlaw Jeeps Rental. Outlaw Jeep Rental. Yeah. Well, we didn't rent a Jeep. They do do Jeep rentals, and then they do also like Jeep tours. But we have what we had is we drove our own Jeep and followed the guide. And I want to say it was about $350, and we had him all morning long. On our very first day, we met him at 8 o'clock. His name was Stash. He called him Stash because he had like a... I don't know well else to describe it, but a big porn mustache and a mullet. He was so so funny, but a great, really nice guy. He was quite the character, let's yes. just say. And um, so he gave us a walkie-talkie. He helped us take the air down out of our tires, um, gave us advice. Uh, I was shocked to learn um, as a brand new Jeep Jeeper um, that you take the air down to, what was it, like 20? No, we went lower than that, I think. we At one point, we may have, gone down to like 15 or 16 pounds yeah psi which made such a difference yeah it was so much less bouncy and and um, great for riding um anyway so we we follow him to the trailhead and he has his walkie-talkie and you know basically starts guiding us through these trails and we learned so much and as the driver it was awesome to play follow the leader because if he can make it, I can make it. It was my mentality. And it was awesome for him to tell me what gear he was in, what to do. You know, a, a lot of the, the climbs or the obstacles, it's all about throttle control. Don't panic. Just stay on the throttle. Be in third gear. Put it in low. And it was awesome. And I, I said to Lisa after we did the, the guide, guided tour, had we not done that i think we would have gotten to the maybe the third obstacle and we were probably turned around because it it was like you come up to this wall and you can see that there's marks on the wall but it's like okay those must be like really big jeeps that go up there (laughs) there's no way our jeep is going to go up there no way 
you know, but when you're playing follow the leader and the guy in front of you basically has the same Jeep that you have, if he can make it, you can make it. Yeah. And so that was, that was, I think, big, huge recommendation on that for people that are, you know, inexperienced at Jeeping or, or even if you've just been like mudding and different types of terrain, um, having the guide, I think is what made the rest of our trip so, so much more enjoyable and gave us the confidence to do a lot of the other trails. And as a matter of fact, when we were riding, there was another really nice Rubicon that came up and he was like, Hey, do you mind if I follow along with you guys? And, um, you know, our guide was like, you know, well, these people have paid for this or whatever. We're like, we don't mind. He can just follow along, which he did, which was nice. Um, but uh, I mean, we got to this, like George said, this giant rock. And after the end of that day, um, George had confidence. We kind of laughed at ourselves and chuckled at all the places that we had been previous to that oh, back yeah. in Las Thinking Vegas that we were. and in and, and, and Hawthorne, Nevada and all these other trails that we thought we were going to like, oh my gosh, are we going to make it through there? And then once we saw what our Jeep is actually capable of, it's almost like embarrassing to even say that we were scared uh, at, at the other ones. Yeah, so. the, the difference between our initial pictures and our Moab pictures are about 40 degrees of angle attack. Yeah, it, I guess it would be like the difference between um, driving your Jeep over a brick to driving your Jeep over a curb to driving your Jeep over a 10 foot wall, a tiny house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God, we just got over that house. How are we so worried about that one little brick? And I will say, I know these Jeeps are quite capable, but it was for me, it was eye opening to see exactly what you, what your Jeep can do. Our Jeep is very nice. It's, it's, trail rated blah 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 all that stuff that it's that a jeep. 2012 jeep wrangler limited edition modern warfare limited edition jk is JK. that right four door um such a long name and and so what kind of it has a lift on it and what size tires we have 36? 35s we have the i don't know what size lift kit i hate to say that because it already came set up and it it, it wasn't lifted it that's just the way it was produced they only made 3500 of these vehicles we have one of them i really we just got it so i really need to do my homework and because i know eventually some i'm going to get into some jeep crowd and i'm going to look like an idiot when they go what's your lift what kind of axle do you have what's your gear ratio and i'm gonna be like i don't know this is what it came with <laughs> <laughs> all right well okay we've already admitted that we're new and yeah. you've watched every youtube video there is i think on jeeping so um Anyways, we made it through and just about any kind of Jeep. We saw everything out there and not even just Jeeps, but I mean, there was, uh, um, wasn't that a Toyota 4Runner that made we it saw through a, a level six course and like it was nothing? We saw lifted. a Toyota 4Runner. We saw a Lexus. What was that SUV? Remember that they it kept- It was like an older Lexus yeah. SUV. I mean, it, it had a lift kit. It had some work done to it, but- Every time we went over an obstacle, we would just kind of laugh and wait to see if the Lexus would come up and boom, it'd <laughs> yeah. come right up behind us. And we're like, okay, this guy's no joke. And I mean, he tried everything and he did everything. Yeah, yeah. But you'll see everything from souped up, like super monster truck Jeeps to right off the showroom floor. 
And that tells you a lot. It tells you that you can go on these trails. You, you have to do your homework because some of them, those trails you won't be able to do. But there's a lot of trails that you can still enjoy with a stock Jeep. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, one of the coolest things that we learned uh, when we were with our guide is about the Jeep Trail app. And so Jeep has an app. Uh, you download it to your phone. Download this before you get to the trails that you're going because most of the time when you get out there, there is no internet and there's very limited phone service. We've learned this. So download the Jeep app if you own a Jeep and it will pick up your GPS where you are and you check in at, so for example, we went to the, this area called the Sand Flats where there's a couple famous um, trails. One is called Fins and Things. The other one is called Hell's Revenge. Both of them are on the Jeep app. You go to the um, trail, you check in through the Jeep app after you sign up and everything. And how much longer? Three weeks later, they sent us little completion badges to put on your Jeep that um, shows that you completed those trails. So it's called Badge of Honor. Badge and of it's, Honor. it's run through Jeep. And they have thousands of trails. So you just check, like Lisa said, you check in at the, uh, the trailhead. And when you're done, you check out. And they initially said like eight or nine weeks to get your badge. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. And then it, it did come in really quick. It was free, right? The badges yeah, are free. They're, they're yeah, they're absolutely, as long them. as you own a Jeep and you do your... Yeah, I'm pretty sure you have to own a Jeep. Well, we own a Jeep, so I don't know if they'll send it to you if you own a Toyota. <laughs> but I guess they're not going to check. Um, <laughs> I think it says Jeep Trail Badge or something. I'm not right. Sure. So, but it has all the different trails. It's pretty cool. So um, check that out if you are a Jeeper. Definitely um, cool thing to look into. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So the very first trail he took us on was Fins and Things. And it's like a level six rated course, right, George? Around there? Yes. Fins and Things is a four. Oh, it's only a four. A four out of ten. Oh, okay. And we were like, oh my God, this is crazy. And it's a four out of ten. It's uh, rated to take... So the so here's a cool app. Um, it's called On X Off-Road. And we'll, we'll put that all on the links. Um, all these websites and everything. That's where I got the the amount of trail miles and everything. But um, I pulled up fins and things, and they're rated a four out of ten. Uh, duration is four hours to to complete the trail. You got to remember, like it's like, oh, it's twelve miles, and you're like, oh, well, then that's like you know an hour at the most. No, you forget that, like you're only going. Yeah, what, you're not like going twelve five miles, miles an, hour. an hour or something like that. So it takes. It takes quite a quite a long time to get through a lot of these obstacles, and especially if you're with a group or if you go on the weekends. I I think we were there during sort of a busy time, and we were there for six days. So when we went on Saturday, there were actually some lines. Um, well, there was a line to get into the Sand Flats area, and there were you know some kind of backup on some of the different obstacles because you know each each vehicle has to go through whatever the obstacle is and. You know, if you're a new person or whatever, there's someone out there guiding you. Um, now, the RZRs, they usually just fly right by and you have to pull yeah, over for and, them. And this is not a uh, high-speed sport for anybody out there. This is all about fun and just getting over the obstacles and hanging out with people and meeting people. And we did just that. It, it was awesome. 
the thing that the website also said was that the most popular time to go to do these trails is be, uh, from spring to fall. Right. So um, we were there in the fall. Right. And uh, that was one. That's why we had a hard time getting in there because it gets super hot in the summer in in Moab, Utah. It's the and desert. Super cold in the winter. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they don't get a ton of snow there, but uh, it's it's um, it's like a desert uh, type of atmosphere. So very dry. Um, but it was actually just just beautiful when we were there in the end of September. Yes. And um, going back to that app, if you download that app, um, I would suggest the same thing Lisa said just a little while ago when you're in your hotel room or in your RV resort or wherever you have good Wi-Fi, download the maps for the area. You'll, you'll see it on the, on the website, how to do it, download it so that when you get off on the trail, even if you lose Wi-Fi, you'll still have the map. It'll work off the GPS. Yeah. I learned on this whole trip that the hard way GPS works with when your phone doesn't work. <laughs> GPS works all the time. You don't need it. Um, and that was like the uh, national parks app that we used um, just to head app that we really, really recommend and loved um, when you're doing a self guided tour of any of the national parks. Um, we, I think we bought the full package for all of those, those parks, um, which we'll talk about in a little bit, the national parks when we visited them. Yes. Um, let's talk about, um, so after we did our, um, fins and things and he took us on hell's revenge and then George and I kind of went back and we did some more trails and, um, George got a message on our Facebook from, uh, a buddy that is in the low country wranglers group that on Facebook that he had joined and said, Hey, I'm in the area and I see you're in Moab. You know, would you mind if I caught up with you guys? And we went riding on some trails together. So on, was it like day two or whatever? George now is yeah, the expert because um, he's had the trainer the day before. I'm an expert now. I've already had a day of training. Yes. Yeah, so so our, the, the buddy, put me our, in, coach. I'm ready. Our buddy Harold shows up, and um, and we we just meet him that day, and we take him on the fins and things, which is the level. But four. wait, wait, wait. We ended up we met people at the RV resort, so they came with us. Their friends came, so we had a group of like six. eight, six or eight cars and a motorcycle. Oh, that motorcycle. Oh, we'll, we'll touch base on that. So Harold shows up. We all hit fins and things, and we start having a blast. Yeah, and Harold was like, oh, you yeah. know, he was, you could just tell he was like us a little bit nervous, you know, going over some of the first obstacles and stuff like that. We got all the way through fins and things, and um, I said we were going to, like, go hit Hell's Revenge after that because he had only only had one day there. He had driven in. Yeah, and he... he was he, determined he to really wanted to go on hell's revenge what is hell's revenge rated is that the six hell's revenge is a six yes okay and, and so um it's it's a it's a definitely a lot higher level of difficulty than fins and things and so we we i said we were all hungry and we had packed a lunch and we said, well let's just run back into town because it's really close to town where these where these trails are I said, let's, I said, well, you know what? Why don't we just take like 20 minutes and just do a little bit of fin, a little bit of Hell's Revenge before we go into town in case, you know, we get held up or whatever. I want you to get on the, on the trail. So about 15 minutes into Hell's Revenge, Harold was like, I'm done. He pulled I'm the plug. I'm done. I, <laughs> no way. I don't no blame more. him. I mean, it was his first day and Hell's Revenge is quite intimidating. You start, hence the name you start driving this this course like up what they call it a fin like it's it's like a sand mountain that's like really narrow 
like a fin, basically. It, it looks like a and dolphin there's a fin. two tracks, and you know the tracks like are black from tires going over them so much. So you can see the tracks going up this like tiny like fin. And you look to the left and you look to the right and you can just see straight down like, I don't know. So I kind of describe it as when you go on a roller coaster, your first climb, that little tick, 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 tick. <laughs> well, you're driving up and I swear the fin is, it, it, it. I know it's wider than the Jeep, but when you're in the Jeep, it feels like it's just as wide as the Jeep because you look out your window and you're seeing straight down. Yeah. And of course, Lisa's sitting there going, oh my God, you should see how high we are. You look over there and there's nothing to my right. And I'm like, <laughs> how about you save the commentary till we get over the fin? I'm not a big fan of heights. Yeah, he was a little nervous on that one. And then um, there was a couple obstacles. We got him up the big stone wall um, and then... There was dinosaur a tracks and we were doing great and then we hit that that one climb and it's, it's it is super steep and i mean especially when you're in your jeep yourself like we were we had him on the cb but when you're driving alone um and you don't have a passenger that's saying you know kind of helping you like navigate um and you really literally can only see basically out of your windshield and you don't even really almost see where you're driving practically I mean, no you don't kind of i mean you're looking side. at the sky it's straight up um and so he got down to the bottom of that one he's like okay I, i'm done let's go yeah <laughs> let's and i, be I mean, done for the day literally turned around and and <laughs> he, he was done i don't i don't blame him at all yeah but it, it's i will say that it's such a weird experience because you're sitting in the car and you know, your car typically never gets at that angle. And it, it doesn't look that steep when you're watching the guy in front of you. You're like, oh, that's not that bad. And then all of a sudden you start climbing. And you're like, I'm going to flip backwards. I'm totally going to flip backwards. <laughs> yes. You know you're not because nobody yes. in front of you has. But it totally feels like you're going to flip backwards. And then you start thinking, oh, my God, I hope my brakes work. I hope my transmission <laughs> I hope I don't stall. I don't want to be that idiot that rolls backwards. There's <laughs> just so much stuff going through your head. And I know that's what was going through his head. And he was also probably thinking, if this is the beginning, what's waiting for me? Yeah. You know, so yeah. I don't blame him. And Okay, so we turned around with Harold because he wanted to get out. But I want to add this just for anybody who hasn't done it, feels like they're unexperienced. Um, what they did that's really cool with, the, with all the trails are, is there's a bunch of obstacles, a bunch of really hard obstacles. But they've also put in bypasses. So you, for... Most of Hell's Revenge, which is the tougher one of the two, there's bypasses. So if you can try the obstacle, and if you don't do it, you can go around it. Now, there are, I think, two spots that you have to go through the obstacles, and obviously you can do it, but it's nice that they give you the option to go around. They also have, I think in Hell's Revenge, they have two spots where you can exit early. You don't have to do the full course. And also keep in mind that Hell's Revenge is weird because it's a two-way trail. So you'll be going over this massive hill that we went over with Harold. And when you get to the top, there's cars coming up the other side. We're going to touch on trail etiquette. I'm going to give you some trail etiquette at the end of this segment, um, which was we didn't know about it. So it would have been very helpful for us. We learned a lot while we were on the trails and on this trip but i just want to share that with you for anybody who's new into riding the trails because i think it'll be useful yeah definitely good information 
um, while we're talking about trails and um, I just got to talk about my favorite trail, which was um, when we went through Canyon lands on the switchbacks. Um, Schaefer trail. Schaefer trail. Yeah. And this is only like a one or two level. I mean, you could really, if you wanted to just take a regular four wheel drive vehicle, a regular truck, um, on it actually, trail. it actually says on the website somewhere that you can take any vehicle on there. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, I you could, you, you, you could, could, but man, I would not want to be it's like, on that trail in my Cadillac. Well, it's a dirt road. It's a dirt road, but it's wide and it's smooth, and it's groomed, and it is. I mean, it's like actual giant trucks go up and down it, and construction trucks and things like that. But it is a one-way, uh, not a one-way, but it's a two-lane traffic, but um, one lane. So you have to pull over for each other. We've watched some pretty sketchy YouTubes of people come running into other trucks and trying to get around each other, um, backing up and forth. But um, we went to see Canyonlands, which is a beautiful national park. And um, right when you go inside it, um, if you go to the left, you'll see a sign that says Schaefer Trail. It's about a 100-mile trail, I think. No, no, no. Schaefer well, Trail is 19.6 miles. White Rim Trail is 100 miles. Okay, but Schaefer takes you to White Rim if you want to go that way. Yes, and that they they both start on Schaefer Trail, and then when you get near the canyon where we did, then they split off. Yeah. So if you go to Canyonlands first, the national park, and you go to the overlook, the scenic overlook, and you look down, you'll be like, oh, my gosh. Look at that road all the way down there that goes back and forth, back and forth down the canyon. That's what we rode on. That's the Schaefer switchbacks. Trail, the yeah. switchbacks. And um, oh, you know, it was just incredibly beautiful. Incredibly beautiful. It was a little bit scary because you're on a ledge and it, you're so high up and there's no guardrail or anything. But it wasn't scary and like, oh my God, am I going to get over that hill? Kind of right. scary. Right. I mean, it, it, was, it was fun. It was a fun adrenaline drive. Yes. Right? Yeah. That, that would be a good description. Yes. And it was, to me, it was super cool because it was like driving a Jeep in the Grand Canyon. Right. Yes. Or into the Grand Canyon. And, I mean, there was really, basically, we ran into like maybe one other Jeep while we were, they were coming the opposite way. Um, and it takes you right back into Moab. Yes. So, um, it's it's a pretty cool loop and I highly recommend it for anybody and what, um, the, what did it take us? Two, three hours? Yeah, about that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was a it really goes, nice scenic right, route. Right by the Green River and all the changes in landscape. We happened to be going there during uh, kind of close to sunset. I, I don't recommend going when the sun's going down um, <laughs> because it gets super dark in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Once the sun goes down, it is pitch dark unless it happens to be a full moon <laughs> but yes. we we got caught in the dark right just as we reached moab and we actually stopped to, to look at the stars but yeah. it was dark yeah and i will let's just talk about that stargazing for a minute because this is another one of the moments where i was like first off if we didn't have this jeep we would never ever have been able to experience this More beautiful beautiful like just landscape in general and in like on our own. And then the lights, there's like no light pollution there. So aside from the moon, which was, I don't know, like half moon that night. So it wasn't as dark as it would have been at optimal, like stargazing time. Yes. Plan your trip. People don't go during full moon. <laughs> yeah, 
the main things that we had on this trip it was great to see stars when we were at the vineyard and this time it was like who turned on the porch lights oh it's the moon dang the moon's too bright to see all the stars yes. yeah unbelievable but um it was just incredibly beautiful we saw so many shooting stars we parked out um uh next to uh, the colorado river on the way back and sat in the jeep and we made sandwiches and drinks and had our chairs and and just relaxed after a long day. And how and many satellites did we see go by? I mean, I mean we lost, we lost, well, I don't know about yeah. hundreds, but well, we I mean, lost count. There was so many. And shooting stars. And shooting, yeah, shooting stars. Um, I, stuff that you just don't see normally. So that was another one of my, I had to eat a little bit of crow because um, I said, I'm not a camper, like, you know, like in a tent, like quote unquote roughing it. But I was like, I've watched these overlanding like YouTube videos now and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I could do this for like two nights, maybe go out in a tent and just sleep under these incredible stars. And there's a bunch of campgrounds down there. I'm, I want to say they're first come first serve, but you've got to get there really early. It's really difficult to get them. They're highly, um, coveted, after, yeah. uh, tent camping sites down there. Um, down there by the river. Yes. And um, and there's also, um, so on the White Rim Trail, which is a 100-mile trail, there's several campsites that you can reserve through the National Park Services. Obviously, you got to res- reserve way in advance. I think you can only do one night per campground, maybe two. It's um, limited. <clears throat> yeah, it's very limited. It's difficult to get them. But they will give you a pass. You cannot camp there without a pass you have to get the pass but when you get it you get this campsite to yourself and we've watched many videos of all these people and you're on the rim of this canyon by yourself it's so cool so that's one of the things that we want to try on our next trip maybe two days one thing too as a side note when you're not by the water when you're just like out in the desert area there's no bugs like when you're camping and sometimes there's like bugs. That's another thing I always hate, like getting eaten by mosquitoes or whatever. Um, people did say that when you camp down by the river or whatever, sometimes there's more mosquitoes and bugs because that's where the water yeah, is. But, yeah. Um, yeah, there's no bugs, just yeah. scorpions, rattlesnakes, coyotes. Well, wolves. those things are fine <laughs> as long as I'm not getting mosquitoes in my ear. I know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know uh, the, the mosquitoes, we live in South Carolina. Mosquitoes just eat us up and... Yeah, so that's part to of the... To be re- away from them is fantastic. Yeah, so part of the thing is like, I don't like camping because I don't like being out there in the bugs and all that. And now I'm like, God, this is so beautiful just being out here. Uh, and the just incredible natural beauty that uh, is just in our United States that's in, that you just I just had never experienced before. And it's, I can't wait to go back. Absolutely. And um, just to touch base on Canyonlands, National Park, they charge you $30 fee to go in, and I think that covers the trail fee. I'm not positive. Yeah, I, I, um, I think it does also. Um, and speaking of the fees for the national parks, as an aside note, um, we went to a whole bunch of national parks on this trip, and in hindsight, we should have bought the... There's a national park pass, and I want to say it's about $80. I don't know what old prices will be you know, each year, but check into that. We would have saved it. Uh, we would have saved probably a hundred dollars if we had gone with that. And um, we, because Arches and Canyonland, we also went to Arches while we were there, and that was thirty dollars we paid to get in. Couldn't find our receipt for that, unfortunately. But 
we did have a receipt from another one of our parks and so the ranger when he checked us in did give us a little bit of a discount but if you buy that national park pass you can go to all of the national parks for that one fee um to get in and that's a good a good bargain if you're especially if you're in that moab area because there's um, three or four national parks yep. in the area. And if you're going just to Moab, so this is the price breakdown. It's $30 per vehicle um, up to a 15-passenger van. And then you only pay $30. You don't pay per person. If you're on a motorcycle, it's $25. If you're walking, hiking, or on a bicycle, it's $15. But you can buy the Southeast U- Utah Pass, which is $55, and it's good for the for a year. From the day you buy it, it's good for a year, and it's good at any one of the four parks. You know, $30 times four parks, 120 bucks. you're getting it for more than half price. Yeah, yeah. Um, Arches, um, we also did a little bit of off-roading there, but it started to get dark, so we, we really didn't get to spend as much time as we would have liked to in Arches, but we drove through there. Um, it's a beautiful drive. There's pl- t- plenty of opportunities for gorgeous hikes and stuff like that. Um, so when we plan our next trip back, we'll definitely explore a lot more of the hiking trails and get out of the Jeep and get some more walking in. Yeah. I mean, we had six days, but it's still, even with six days, I felt like we were limited. We just rushed through everything. Yeah, just to especially kind of- arches. That was the first thing we hit. And I think we kind of rushed through it because... We weren't sure how... Oh, we said we were going to go back, and then we just got so busy with everything else. But there's definitely a lot of beautiful hikes. And to see the the, the real iconic arches, you actually have to hike out to them. It's about um, a mile round trip. One thing that's nice is they tell you... So if you get that Just Ahead app, and you're listening to it in your vehicle, it'll say, Just Ahead on the right... There's a trail. It's a mile and a half round trip trip. It's light to moderate walking. And you're going to see this at the end. Or go ahead up at this trail. You can have a mosquito driven walk down, you know, like whatever it is. It explains to you um, and gives you good information on whether or not you want to try some of those hikes or challenges um, uh, that's, that are in all these different parks. So, that's part of why we recommend that just a head app. Yeah, and it's awesome. Uh, they also give you history. information, history. It, it was really that was really worth it just yeah, on this I, trip I think, alone. I think we, the whole we, app was like thirty bucks for all of the parks. Yeah, I know we've uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, but yeah. I think we yeah we've we've touched on that at every time we've gone to national park. Yep, the national parks also have visitor centers that are open all year round uh, from. 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., but because of COVID right now, all they're doing is they have the rangers basically on the front porch, literally with a six-foot pole. <laughs> yes. I mean, literally with a six-foot pole, and you cannot get any closer, and they'll answer any questions you have. They'll slide you a little pamphlet. They'll slide <laughs> you a map, but you're not getting within six feet of them. Yeah. But they're yeah. still there, and it's awesome to have somebody to ask questions and whatever you need. So I'm reading the uh, National Parks website regarding Utah. They recommend the best times is uh, between March and October to go. And they recommend entering the park before 8 a.m. or after 3 p.m. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, if we could have 
motivated ourselves to get up and go at six o'clock in the morning or honestly before the sun comes up because the way the sun shines on these like mountains or 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 i guess they're mountains is what you call mesas the, and yeah it's this, like these rock this formations orange rock where the the sun when it sort of rises up or or sets on them it's just incredibly beautiful all the different colors and um the photographers the professional photographers are always out there to catch the sunrise of these rock formations and um I'm sure different times of year the sun comes up in different ways or whatever. Yeah, I don't, um, but it's just—I don't think just, you can take a bad know. picture there. Yeah, I know. I mean, unless it's cloudy and raining, but it, it's just there's so much scenery. It's so beautiful, and the, it's, the and colors it's, are amazing. Well, it's less crowded in the morning, and it's less hot, and you're not in the heat of the sun. And one thing I will say, whether you're taking your jeep or you're taking a car or anything you're taking, pack a ton of water. More water than you could really imagine yourself drinking. Um, really, you should have at least a bottle per person per hour of water at minimum. I think we could do a, a podcast just on the mistakes we made. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, we laugh about it now, but it, we really need to take it serious. I mean, you're out in the desert. Yeah, and and, and, and we, were, we, were, we were very lucky in a lot yeah. of situations. Um but had something gone wrong, we were completely unprepared. Nobody um, knew where we were. Right. We didn't even know where we were. <laughs> right. That, well, not in Moab. We were better off in Moab. No, Mo- yeah. Moab is... The cool thing I also liked about Moab is I felt like no matter what, someone was going to come by, we were not going to be stranded in the middle of nowhere because it's such a big um, jeeping ATV place. But when we were in Hawthorne, Nevada, I was like, somebody might... We're at a ghost town because nobody lives out here anymore. <laughs> like, so the, the crazy. yeah i totally agree with you because i think hell's revenge is a nine mile trail and i i, I want to see if i can get this out right it's a nine mile trail in a three mile area does that make sense because you're, oh, you're, like you're doing around. zigzags and you're doing loops and you're you're not going straight nine miles so the the I, what i'm trying to get out is worst case scenario you're going to walk three miles to a gate or a road or a campground. Yeah, or you're you're not. When we were in Hawthorne, Nevada, we were 15 miles away from anything. Anything. So we would have had to walk f- at least 15 miles. Yeah. So Moab is 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 awesome. It's set up user friendly, and we just can't say enough good things about it. Yeah. So here's here's my my tips in your in your trunk or in the back of your car. You should have a cooler full of waters. You should definitely have snacks and granola bars because you don't know when you're going to see something that you're just like, we're right here. We have to go look at this. Um, So have things like at least granola bars and snacks um, that you can just kind of keep in there in case of emergency, in case you're out for more hours than you thought you were going to be. Definitely bring weather clothes and wear layers because we ran into boiling hot days and as soon as the sun went down it'd be a 40 per 40 degree temperature drop um and we would be wanting to have a sweatshirt on from when we had on we're boiling hot in a tank top during yeah, the day and a temperature sweatshirt. dropped fast yes and it's, it's very you know dry desert um, weather so the sun goes away and you're 
cold. I would also say I loved my hiking boots. I got some um, before we left and had no idea that I was going to really love that I had those. And um, Me too. Definitely have proper footwear. Uh, we were accidentally on a trail one day and I just had flip-flops on and I had to get out and try to navigate ahead of, t- uh, and that was not good. You actually fell over twice. Yeah, just from not having proper on the proper footwear. So I would definitely put your hiking boots on. And I got some great ones from Merrill and love them. Super comfortable. Nice first aid kit. Y- yep. Um, we had our, C- our walkie CB radio or walkie talkies. Um, definitely were important. And I I just bought for George for Christmas uh, a little, uh, it's like a, it folds down into almost the size of your palm. Um, and I'll put these, we'll put these on our RV podcast page with links to how you can buy these things. But like a blanket that you can like say you end up wanting to stargaze, but you don't want to, you know, you may want to carry a regular blanket if you want to keep warm, but you may also want to just set out and stargaze or even throw a couple chairs in the back. Um, you may end up wanting to have lunch by the river and sit down and relax. And there's so many opportunities to just have a great picnic. And so I would always, um, if you can plan ahead and, and pack a picnic lunch, you can't find any more beautiful places, um, to do that. And then, um, you just never know when you're going to want to pull over and just chill out and enjoy the scenery. Yeah. and, And that's, I just really was not prepared for that. I no. really wasn't. Pre- I was like, oh my God, I wish I wish I had, you know, even at the end of the day, I wish I would have had like, you know, a bottle of wine or something to sit and we're almost home and let's just well, even look a, at the even stars. Even as simple and, as we, we just recently added a fold down table to, the, to our um, hatch in the back of the Jeep. But when we were in Moab, we had nothing. And just trying to cut a sandwich or trying to cut a tomato with nothing is way without harder a, without a little table. Yeah. Yeah. I, I packed like a Ziploc bag with some plates and napkins and wet wipes and some plastic silverware um, that I just kept in, in the back of the Jeep because I just sort of didn't know when we were going to be wanting a packed lunch. And then if we didn't happen to eat our lunch that day, so I had kind of like a Ziploc bag of, that went inside the cooler that was like our food, like some lunch meat, sandwiches, um, some bread, cheese, you know, ketchup, mustard. If you go to the little stores, little side secret, get those little mustard and mayonnaise packets. Those come in so handy when you're like, yes. you can just throw them in your little Ziploc bag. And and so we kind of made sandwiches and stuff. So uh, just something to make on the fly was really good to have. Yeah. Now it, that turned out to be awesome. And it, it was just a simple sandwich, but it, Turned out to be like the most perfect cool, dinner. Perfect dinner. Watching cool the dinner stars just, after going through the right, trail. Totally just, unplanned. And yes. it was just, it was incredible. Yeah, really cool. Another thing you may want to pack is earplugs. If you run out of gas on the trail, you're, you're going to want those earplugs because you're never going to hear the end of it. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> oh, whatever. And, and I say that because I almost ran out of gas. But. Just keep in mind, like we started panicking, but a lot of these trails are, most trails are under 20 miles. Most trails are under 10 miles. Yeah, Your Jeep will easily do 10 miles. Even your reserve tank has more than 10 miles in it. But when we saw that <laughs> low gas light come on, 
That, All of a sudden, there was no more conversation. That was when we were in Nevada. That wasn't even in Moab. We yeah, no, we're, we're experts now. We Fill yeah. your truck up before you go. Fill yes, your vehicle. Yes, absolutely. Um, whether, regardless of whether or not you think you're just going to be gone an hour, definitely fill your car up. Um, fill your truck, fill your Jeep, whatever, before you take your trip. And even if you're just going to the, um, even if you're not a Jeeper and you're not going to go on these crazy trails like we did, when you're in the, the national parks, there's no phones, there's no Wi-Fi, and there's no really, well, at least with COVID, most of them have no restaurants or anything. So packing a picnic lunch was really cool. And especially if you're on a limited time, you don't want to spend like two hours in line getting a sandwich or from... Even, even 30 minutes you don't want to spend. Yeah, like when we were in Yellowstone, you know, I was like, there's so much to see. We don't want to spend an hour and a half just trying to get a crappy sandwich from the, you know cafeteria basically it's not like it's a it's a it's a culinary experience at these places are pretty basic food there yeah, yeah. so pack your lunch big big you and can, there's you can pack an incredible meal in a picnic basket yeah yeah and i i would suggest a cooler but if you're going to bring a cooler make sure that it it's like a yeti where you can lock it down just in case you start hitting some bumps, last thing you want is water and ice flying everywhere. Yeah, that's true too. And you just need something that's because it gets really, really hot out. So yeah, absolutely, it's going to really hold the cold for you. But I think we should do a podcast on setting up a jeep for trail yeah. riding. Yeah, we'll do that after we get some more experience on yeah. our next our next well, jeep or we trips. Can have we'll some learn guests. some more. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, so if you if you are like an expert jeeper, and I guess it's called jeepers, that's what I call people. Overlanders. Overlander, overlanding is complete is is different than trail riding. I think those are the people that have like the tents on their roof, and I really really dig that. And one of the we watch trail recon is that on yes. YouTube. So if anybody has any connections with trail recon or if you happen to be listening we would love to talk to you we love your <laughs> yes. youtube channel we watch it all the time and i want to cook with marco yeah so marco is awesome yeah if uh any of you that are listening go to youtube and pull up trail recon and they put out a great video on everything um overlanding, overlanding. jeeps yeah and one of the guys with them is his name is marco and he's their chef and you will be shocked at what he his gourmet meals that he creates. I think he has his own like cooking YouTube thing. Yeah, and he's, too, so. I think he's on his cookbook second cookbook. Yeah, yeah. So, so really cool. Kudos to them. So those that's what I aspire to be is another Marco, the female version. And I want to be Polo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what else about Moab besides that it was our favorite place and the people were friendly and we can't wait to go back? Any other? We loved uh, it. Um, as far as Moab itself, it's a beautiful little town. Everybody was awesome. There's a bunch of restaurants. There's every kind of budget restaurant also. I wouldn't say that, or maybe we didn't see any, but there's not like really big foo-foo restaurants. It's it's a lot of... It's just, like breweries and, and, yeah, and just it's good, all about, good, good food. Yeah, yeah. Come in in your dirty clothes and let's have some food and drinks and let's hang out. Yeah. And I think if it wasn't COVID, it would just be even that much more Ten fun. Ten times better. Yeah. Yeah. So like we said, we can't wait to go back um, this year and we'll do another episode of that as experienced Moab people. We literally said when we go back this time, we want to go for at least three weeks. 
I'm so uh, <laughs> George would start driving right now if I would let him. He loves. Well, I think what the plan should be is that I'll take the RV out there, and then you fly out. You know, because I don't want you to do all that driving, and um, we'll spend like a month out there. <laughs> he's gonna. He's, that's how, you know, somebody's still got to work around here, so that's how he. That's hey, how somebody's he got to fund that's this expedition. He, that's how he negotiates that I'll stay home and work, and then I can fly out there later, and his work will be driving. So that's, that's right. Fair, that's probably a fair trade off. From fair. here, South Carolina to Moab, Utah, is about thirty-two hour drive, and it takes about three to five days. Uh, Five days is, yeah. is five long days of driving. Um, no, five days is good. Three days is three. That's 10-hour days. At least 12-hour yeah. days. I'm not a big fan of those 10-hour drives. Anymore. No. But as far as location-wise, um, it's from Denver is about um, five hours driving southwest. And then to Salt Lake City, Utah, it's about five hours driving southeast. And uh, Grand Junction is two hours away. It's the closest big city, and it is um, an option to fly into Grand Junction. I think that's the closest airport, correct? Closest airport yeah. and closest Walmart uh, is two hours away. So that's where our guide told us that she went for uh, when they needed to go to Walmart and buy like actual clothes that didn't say like Moab. <laughs> Moab <laughs> for regular stuff. But they do have grocery stores and things like that in the town. And I did spend a little bit of time looking up some real estate while we were there and the average house sale. Uh, it's probably about four fifty to that's probably their entry price range. So yeah. I mean it's it's, it's very a, limited. It's a very small town. So yeah, it looks like it's definitely growing though. And yeah. um can't wait to go back. We saw a lot of construction outside of town. Remember all those houses? We yeah, saw? and they were expanding. So we have so much more to find out about that place. And um if you um, have any more information or suggestions we would love to hear them please look us up at rvpodcast.com and you can send us a message right through our website and we'll also on our website we have a little shopping place that you can look for some of the things that we've talked about in our podcast you can find those there if you shop through our site on amazon we get a little bit of credit for that we'd love to uh love to see that happen and um maybe someday we'll be able to just live off of this podcast and i can retire and then you can Spend all the months you want in Moab, George. All right, people, help me out here. Or Let's do this. We need people to buy some like $10 million homes. Either Maybe. or. I don't <laughs> care how it happens. Let's make it happen, people. All right, everybody, have a great night. And we can't wait to tell you about our next stories. And by the way, if anybody that's listening to us lives in Utah, lives in Moab, we are your new best friends. Please reach out to us. Let us know about your beautiful town. We love it. We can't talk enough about it. And we cannot wait to come visit again. Yeah. So, hey, this pretty much wraps up uh, our our year end of um, RV podcast. We'll probably have one more um, just to kind of finalize everything for the year. And then we'll be starting in next year in January. And we're starting in January going to the Tampa RV Show, um, the RV Super Show 2021. Um, it'll be our first experience there. We're going to be there with the AIM group, which is the all-inclusive motor coach group we just joined. And so I should be meeting some great people there and we're excited um, for January and to get our new travels started for the beginning of the year. So we'll have one more podcast before the end of the year and uh, look forward to seeing you then. All right. As promised earlier, just want to give you a little trail etiquette 
trail common sense. A lot of these places are national parks. They're beautiful. And we want to be able to continue using them. So let's all just follow some simple rules. They're <laughs> common sense. Oh, it's Common Sense Rules by George. Yes. Wait, but did you get these off the internet? Or? Of course. Oh, I thought maybe you made, made this up on your home. No, but they're like common sense. But like anything else in this world, there's a sign because somebody doesn't have common sense. Oh, okay, gotcha. And, you know. You mean like the sign over the toilets in the Grand Canyon that said not potable water, meaning don't drink the water out of the toilets? Yes. That would Perfect mean example. that somebody may have actually tried to drink the toilet water. Or actually did drink the toilet water. Yes. Uh, I would like to know what foreign country they serve toilet That's water out of. Just seems like common sense. Right. But okay. here we go. All right. Our top ten. All right. Number one, know before you go. Kind of what we were talking about earlier today. Huh. Be prepared. Know where you're going how long your trail is, how long it's going to take you, and be prepared. Common sense. Oh, okay. So, well, those are some things that we sort of touched on yes, that we didn't do. That we didn't Where do. Where was this list when we were going, George? There was no sign. That's why I'm putting it out there oh, as a Public okay. Safety Information Act. Okay. All right. Number two, read the signs. That kind of makes sense. Wait, doesn't that go back to number one where we just said they made a sign for that? Right. So read the signs. Oh, okay. So what they're saying is, and, and a, a lot of trails, um, there'll be little signs posted, and you should read them because you might have to turn at that trail, and if you continue straight, you might go 100 miles instead of your 19.6 miles to Moab. <laughs> then you yes. end up on a 100-mile trail with 20, gallon, 20 miles worth of, gallon of, of fuel. Of fuel, yeah. All right, number three. <clears throat> Tread lightly. Take care of the trails. Don't be out there doing donuts. Don't be out there trying to take it off some cool jumps. Just enjoy the trails. Trying to dig up extra mud holes or anything like right. that. Right. Don't going off the road. I've we, um so that was just as a quick little aside when we were in Moab, there is um you're not even supposed to walk off of the trails because there is a some sort of organism that grows on the top of the soil. It almost looks like, like, like dry sand, but it's a looks like dry mud, like crusty mud. Yeah, but it's 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 a living organism, and it protects the dunes. And so it's very important to them in in out there in Moab and in, in Utah in the desert that they protect this um, wildlife. And so that's why they say tread lightly. Tread lightly. Leave no trace. Yeah, like don't litter. Don't leave your beer cans on the trail in the middle of nowhere. It'd be so sad when we'd go middle of nowhere and be like, yeah, literally, there's a beer can right there. We picked up a plastic gallon, plastic gallon water jug on the trail. Um, that might have Schaefer. just flown out. That, and, and I was going to say that, that that could have fallen off. But again, your stuff. Be responsible for it. Tie it down. Make sure it's not going to fly off. Yeah, carry your trash in and out. Yep. Get the gate. All right, that one is, there's some trails that you'll have to go in a gate and pass the gate. If the gate's closed when you go through it, get out of your car and close the gate when you go through it. There's a reason for a gate. We passed the gate when we were in uh, Hawthorne. However, the gate was open. 
But as we passed the gate and we were a little bit down the trail, we saw some cows. So if you come across a closed gate and you go through it, get out and close the gate. Number six, yield the right of way. Okay, so that one we also experienced. We weren't sure what the right of way was. Yes. And uh, the person coming up the hill has, has the, right the right of way. So if you get to the top of the hill, you look down and see if anybody's coming. If they are, then you wait. And if you. Or find the nearest turnout. Yeah, there's a lot of turnouts on most of the trails. Yeah. So last thing you want to do is, and that happened to us on the switchback. And luckily we saw the car coming and we were able to back up just a little bit and get on the turn and get out of their way. And they were very happy that we got out of their way. But it's a lot easier to back up the hill than to back down a hill, believe it or not. So that's why the etiquette. Let yourself be known. That's like uh, when we were in the sand dunes and you need to have your flags and your things so that when you're coming over hills and bumps and mountains and stuff, people can see you. So if you're coming over a hill and there's two vehicles coming over a hill and you don't have flags flying, you're going to see each other when you hit each other. Right. The other thing that that means is when you're on a trail, for example, Hell's Revenge and... That's a two-way trail, like I told you. And if you're on the trail on a sketchy obstacle, like the big hill where we turned around, as you're passing each other, you if there's four people to your group, you flash four fingers to the whoever's coming the opposite direction so that if you crest the hill, he knows that there's four other cars behind you or three other cars behind you. A lot of times people would even stop and be like, hey man, uh, yeah, I got four people behind me. I got two RZRs and this and that. And then we would just sit and wait for them to come by. So we would know that their whole group had passed. And that's exactly what that means. (laughs) Number seven. Know who's king of the hill. That must be the same as going up and going down. Yeah, that's kind of if, if you're at the top of the hill... You own the hill until you get off. It's kind of common sense. If you're at the top of the hill and you're at the bottom of the hill, don't start climbing until the guy comes down the hill. You know, if he's taking a long time, maybe yell up at him and tell him to get the heck off the hill, but he's the king of the hill at the moment. So, Oh, I got you. Um, and then space is a good thing. What that is, on obstacles that are very challenging – and there's somebody in front of you on the obstacle, don't crawl up behind them and start riding his bumper. Or trying to be next. Yeah, I mean, you got to let them pass. Right, just have some common courtesy. Some of these obstacles are hard enough without somebody riding your bumper. Right. Not to mention that if they stall or anything happens, they're going to roll right into you, Mm -hmm. and then you're going to be pissed off that they rolled into you. And then the last one is, oh, no, there's more. Oh, we've got more. Oh, don't stop, stupid. So, I mean, that's kind of common sense. Goes with the last one. If somebody's climbing up an obstacle and you're riding their bumper, the last thing they need to do is stop. Because if you stop, it's really hard to get going up a big hill. And now you got a guy behind you. You got to worry about all that. So don't stop. 
just get to the top of the obstacle or get past the obstacle. If yeah, or don't <coughs> stop in the middle of the trail when yes. there's a pullout. Just pull over to a pullout. You don't just stop in the middle of the trail. Right. Yeah. Number 11, watch your back. And it's not in like you're going to get mugged or whatever. Just know who's behind you. You're riding the trail. Don't be that guy that's going two miles an hour when there's people behind you that are more than willing to pass you and want to go fast. For example, RZRs, they fly through these trails because they can. Dirt bikes, believe it or not, they love to fly through these trails because they can. The only time they slow down is when they come to an obstacle. So just take a quick peek in your rearview mirror, see who's behind you, and if there's somebody that is ready to pass you, just let them pass you. No big deal. All right, I think this one is almost common sense, really should be, but don't drink and drive. These trails are no joke, and the last thing you need to do is be out on a trail drunk. It's just not going to end well. Yeah. Save your drinking for after. Yes. Have a big celebration after. You, yeah. you accomplished it. You went through Hell's Revenge. Hey, Let's, that's what's pretty cool about the Sand Flats is they have campgrounds right inside where Hell's Revenge and um, bins and things are and all those other trails. And you can camp, like, be done with your day. The sun, the sun starts going down and you just pop a cold right one. And, yep. I, I've, I've been known to do that every once in a while. But even even if you're not staying at the sand dunes, the furthest place from the trails is 10 minutes. Everything's 10 minutes. Yeah. You can wait 10 minutes. All right. Mind your dust. These, so these, go slow when it's super dusty. These trails are super dusty. If, if it doesn't rain, I mean, even when you're going five miles an hour, you create a dust storm. So just be courteous. Like Lisa said, a lot of these trails have campsites either on the trail or right next to the trail. So if you can imagine 100 Jeeps going by, maybe 200 all day long, by the end of the day, your stuff is going to be covered in dust if they don't. It's kind of like a no-wake zone for boaters, but for... Oh, that's a good analogy. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Except we all know nobody listens to no-wake zone, so... Well, nobody listens to... No dust zone. Yeah. Keep it PG. I kind of like that one because we noticed when we were out on the trail, there's a lot of kids. It's a family event, family thing. Somewhat. Somewhat. So just use common sense. If it's a bunch of adults, have fun. If there's kids, use your head. Keep it PG. It's all good. Drink later, cuss later. Know your limits. I think that's a great one. I think some people overestimate their abilities. <laughs> For example, the two Jeeps that are still stuck in the side of Moab that fell off the fins, they've never been recovered. I don't think they'll ever get them out of there. So just know your limits. And I think fear will help you do that too. Leave your ego at the door. Don't get stupid. Don't get mad at people. Everybody's out there to have fun. Enjoy yourselves. There's no reason to get mad. There's no reason to think that you're... Mr. Tough Guy. And oh, yeah. Some of those, like, big monster trucks, they got to power through there and show what they can do, and then you see them flip over or whatever. <laughs> so. Right. 
Oh, too much YouTube video. Jeep that brings you. us right to the next one. Stop and help others. Yeah. If that knucklehead showing off flips his Jeep, as much as you want to drive by him, be a, a good human and stop and make sure that they're okay and help them as much as you can. Well, like when we were in the sand dunes, <coughs> we tried to pull that uh, RZR out with Yeah, it was an RZR. It stuck and we tried to get him out, but... We couldn't. We kept... We started digging down and we we're like, sorry, dude, man. We didn't we didn't have those boards. No, and, and he was grateful that we even stopped to help him. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we kind of tried to help. And then the uh, the last one is leave no man behind. So if somebody breaks down, don't just leave them there. At least offer them a ride back to civilization so that they can get a tow truck or at least to cell phone signal range. Something. Just don't don't leave somebody in the middle of the desert with a broken down Jeep. Yeah, that seems pretty obvious. I think all of these are pretty obvious. Wow. It's yes. sad that we have to even talk about this i know but somebody drank out of the toilets at some point at the grand canyon so i guess everything must be said <laughs> and on that note remember all the tips we just gave you the etiquette and most of all don't drink out of the toilet <laughs> <laughs> i want to add that as number 12 <laughs> i think that should be number one <laughs> by the way if you're drinking out of the toilet just sell your jeep <laughs> sell your jeep or your rv whatever it is yeah sell it all and just <laughs> i don't even know what else to say all right those are great tips thanks babe thanks for joining us today on our view podcast if you would like to hear more don't forget to hit that subscribe and follow button and share this with your family and friends you can send a direct message. Just visit www.rviewpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at rviewpodcast. That's the letter R, view podcast.